0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Here on this Wednesday, a day before our game tomorrow, sounding a little hoarse, I apologize. I'm Mike Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, it's a we talk about somber episodes with football. We've been having a lot of those recently, and we finally have our first somber episode for basketball <clears throat> after the tough game that we saw in person on Sunday in Evansville against the Screaming Eagles of USI. I mean, just an absolutely devastating performance you could have after the kind of game that we had on Thursday. What's up?
1: Yeah, just really, really disappointing outcome, obviously. Um, Seemed to be too tough of a turnaround Um, in the 72 hours. uh, Mike and Brian talked about after the game. um, Seemed to be too tough of a turnaround um even we talked about it after the game maybe it's uh maybe i weren't i i said i wouldn't even scheduled it if it was their first actual home game as a d1 member it kind of puts you in a tough situation and you're coming off of that big game and brian said in his post game we weren't prepared um ronnie watson finds that hard to believe because he sees it every day being in their meetings and stuff and i kind of find it hard to believe too that they weren't prepared but um just came out a little flat, and that was about it.
0: Yeah, I don't like that excuse either. I feel like it's just a cop-out for not playing well. Like, sometimes you can just say that you just did not have a good game, and they outplayed you. They out-efforted effort, you and all that stuff. Yeah, you mentioned Rodney. He was on in the doghouse on Monday. <clears throat> we will talk about that, some around the Valley stuff, obviously, and then obviously this game and our takeaways with Tennessee State at the end. So – 71-53 to 53 loss. You no, know, Like we said, we were there. <clears throat> we, we mentioned on the preview the ticket situation that oh, we were going to send them in the mail, and then you called on Saturday and told them that they'd be a for-will call. So we got there, got that. And we enjoy <clears throat> the facility they have there. Their, their uh, arena is pretty nice for that kind of level of, you know, for being former D2 now to D1. We compare it to, like, because we've both been to SIUEs for OVC. And it's kind of, it's not even close to as nice as this one. Now we know this one's fairly new, but it's nice for the OVC kind of level. And I think one of the biggest takeaways we'll talk about in this game was the atmosphere. And you mentioned it. Yeah. We wouldn't have scheduled coming on the road, not only, I mean, 72 hours after the fact of the other one doesn't matter. That's the, that's the kind of time it takes between games anyway, but you go to a, you know, a place where it usually does have a really good atmosphere. And yeah, you, you don't want to for the first division one home game ever probably wasn't ideal and the fact that we are who we are they are who they are we should have had this game we know we we host in the next two years or three years that we should have got this game at home first and obviously it would have helped us more in the moment because i think we win this game if it's at home no that'll be one of the biggest things was this atmosphere that got to these guys but let's dive into this game it was really back and forth i mean they get on the board first, and no, we know they started the same starting lineup. We know there was no Scotty, no J.D., <clears throat> which we recall Brian saying that maybe this week, because he said last week that a week from now, we could see J.D. De- he actually said in the post game of whenever it was, might have been on Monday or Oklahoma State, I think, or something, he said that we could see J.D. against Tennessee State. It might have been with the one with Harry. So, no, we're hoping that that happens. So, no, that was still the case, the same as was the first two games with him, but – no, we got off to a rough start in terms of – I mentioned back and forth, and that's what it was. Lance and Marcus got on the board for us. Jelani Simmons, who was a big point of emphasis going into this one, he got on the board at one point through the game. Uh, and then, no, we were fouling guys on threes. Tyler Henry, which who had a big game, he made all of his free throws. He like said, no, it was kind of back and forth. I mean, and when we can obviously go through takeaways at the end, but throughout it was tough to get going offensively again. A lot of guys were passing up shots they shouldn't, a lot of, you know, some turnovers. Second half was really bad, but no. What stuck out to you in the first half? Like I said, kind of back and forth, and like I said, the offense kind of looked a little flustered again and stagnant.
1: Yeah, I really just – the basic – I guess you'd call it our basic motion offense just really does not get anything done. Um, Not sure exactly if there's a certain – motion they want to do every time but our basic we can't our offense isn't good enough to um just roll the ball out and be able to go one-on-one and score we got to run some kind of motion um I did uh did like some things in the first half I thought Lance started off pretty good um struggled in this one though but there's a lot of a lot of oh I mean just like Oklahoma State we got good looks early on, just weren't hitting shots right away. You would think, just like Oklahoma State, we'd have some stretches where we'd knock down shots and um, we could battle right then and there. But that first half, obviously, um, they played a little bit small, but Clarence barely got in this first half. Um, You got to see Dalton knock down a couple baskets, but really first half back and forth, um, I think we ended up 9 of 26, in the first half from the field, four of 12 from three. Um, got to the line seven times, only knocked down four of those. Um, struggling from the line, and Marcus was two of those. Uh, Marcus missed one of his free throws, and I think Lance also missed a free two free throws in the first half. Um, guys that you're used to knocking down free throws and knocking down open shots did not in the first half.
0: Hey, you mentioned Lance there. <clears throat> and we know, and he was aggressive in terms of getting to the paint. That's what he was so far this year. That's what he's going to continue to be. He was the only aggressive one on offense in the first half. Really, you mentioned it, and <clears throat> it stinks because we know he's going to draw fouls. But if he, you know, it's sketchy when he gets to the free throw line because we know that he's struggled in his career, and he, you mentioned missing a, a couple there. Uh, and there were ten lead changes and six ties in this first in this first half. So. It's a lot of craziness. We mentioned you mentioned some of the yeah Dalton happened to three. The worst definitely I I feel like the missed free throws thing is whatever. I feel like we're gonna be a certain we're gonna be hopefully like a seventy seventy five or more percent free throw shooting team this year. It's not a guarantee we'll get into sum like you know, like thinking of X who was your pre dog of the game, which a lot of these guys had, you know, so so first halves and he stuck out in the second half even though a lot of his maybe came on garbage time near the end but no some other stuff will you know get into this game I mean or when we had a lead one of our few leads in this game at 643 Mark Lance hit a three to make it 16-15 and then uh, Marcus went one of two from the free throw line and then they had no I mean USI we, we mentioned Jelani Simmons but they had a couple guys that gave us fits in this game and you know, there's certain points we were questioned. You know, we heard so many things about X's speed and how, you know, in terms of in transition, and we weren't able to get transition a whole lot in this game. No, they had a couple good point guards that kind of threw us off a little bit, that kind of changed the tide and momentum, and they were tough to guard in this one. Like, uh, you can rattle off some of the names I'm blanking on at the moment. but Isaiah there were some... Yeah,
1: and uh, Gary Solomon, right from the get-go um... – their three-man, Gary Solomon, really attacked us, and he really got that offense going right away. He, he got whatever he wanted downhill. Um, Swope is really hard to – couldn't couldn't stay in front of him defensively. Um, he got to where he wanted. He got jump shots, and um, they were kicking out for Simmons for three. Um, really, in the first half, their best player – their actual best score offensively, Lakes and – I don't think he got a shot off in the first half. So Marcus did really well there. That's the type of guy Marcus can guard um, pretty well. So uh, we shut him down offensively in the first half, but those other guys were getting whatever they wanted.
0: You mentioned slope. He was getting <clears> – <throat> we were letting him shoot the mid range, and he was taking him, and he was making him, yeah. So, uh, you know, kind of personnel. We, you mentioned the uh, former Indiana State transfer got in this game, got in foul trouble, got out. And you mentioned Clarence as well. Yeah, Clarence didn't play a whole lot in this game because of – the need to go smaller, which is what they did over time as well. Uh, I mean, it was good to see it at moments because I remember we were up there <clears throat> and we know Jawan and Xavier aren't the best shooters, but they made back-to-back left-wing threes, which gave us a three-point lead. Um, uh, <clears throat> And then they just rattled off points. Gary Solomon had a layup and then uh, wasn't a whole lot. Lance made a lot. So we had a lead. <clears throat> Yeah, we took the lead back with twenty seconds left. Lance had a layup, and then we go down. And I mentioned Tyler Henry; he just threw up a lot of nonsense in this first half. Which, I mean, yeah, I mean, this one was a corner fadeaway three at the buzzer, and then there were some—I don't even recall some other ones. He was just—they were all fadeaways contested that he was just sinking, and you just knew kind of wasn't going to be our game. So, down by two at half, not pretty one bit but we realized that maybe we can right the ship a little bit. So for fa- first half box, I mean, 35% is just terrible. I mean, that's what, and we'll get to that. Similar to what the final score was. They out rebounded us in the first half. Yeah. Four of seven from the line. They went six of ten. three pointers, 12 threes only made four for us. The um, uh, f- 15 bench points for them, nine for us. Uh, you know, they had the same amount of steals. We know what else stuck out because, we had the same amount of possessions, and obviously it was only a two-point lead, but we easily could have had more instances and then dive into the box score because it looked a lot different in the second half because some guys finally snapped out of whatever it was that finally got them going offensively.
1: Yeah, really in the first half, um, I mean, we they had ten turnovers. That kind of kept us in the game for a lot of it because um, we weren't able to um, knock down shots. So them, them turning the ball over um, – I mean, our bench didn't really come alive um at all on this one. I did a little bit at Oklahoma State. Definitely not like obviously uh the little off game is a different different situation where you got a lot of guys' minutes and be able to score, but um bench did not really give us much. It gave us nine in the first half. I think it only ended up being eleven in the game, so you're not getting anything there um like we've been been getting um so far this season um but really the, out rebounded uh Brian did say they kind of played a lot of five guard but really um from from being there and following the rotations they only went five guards when we took out Clarence. so if, if we left in Clarence they would have had to match with their big um but even if they did I think Clarence is, has enough good enough feet where he could have matched up with somebody a Solomon or a when they brought in uh, AJ Smith he could have matched up with some of those guys um, that they brought in because I mean in the first half uh S- Simmons went out um a little bit and came back in with a knee brace on um so just did not get anything obviously carried by our two guys again in the first half Marcus had six points he was two of six shooting o of three from three um Lance had eight. He was three of nine from the field, one of three from three. Um, his threes are out of control at times, but when he's hitting them, it's great and all, but his deep threes. Um, Got to find some better shot selections there. And he was, other than that, he was missing layups around the rim. Uh, I mean, if if you saw the missed layups in this game, you'd think Musa Cisse was still there, um, just haunting them because they thought there was a sh- a shot blocker around the rim we could not finish all night long
0: yeah and that's the ride or die with lance that we know we're gonna get he's gonna shoot nba threes sometimes nonsensical he's gonna make some but yeah i mean like little rock he was making them all it was great you're right it's all in the moment kind of thing that if he's but you know that i don't think that's gonna change over time which you know can kill possessions yeah if you get an offensive rebound and have a like a fresh shot clock and get it out he'll even shoot it in moments like that or I mean, granted, we weren't getting anything going offensively, but it's like you still can't, you know, nail threes. Nope. But he, we mentioned he was the only aggressive one trying to get to the rim at times, really. We were we were like, at, yeah, Oklahoma State, whether Moose in the paint or their kind of defenders and their caliber of players, we were letting these kids, you know, stay in front and not do anything. Marcus had favorable matchups and didn't do much with it. Yeah, six points on those six shots. There were points whenever, you know, AJ got his – and we mentioned AJ, kind of when he gets in the game, he'll – He'll kind of play out of control himself there was a play where he got a steal and easily could have had a we'll talk about how they got easy fast break dunks i mean aj should have easily had a fast break dunk he had a guy like at his hip on a fast break and then he just lost out of control and luckily got fouled but it's, it's stuff like that you got to take advantage of we, we just looked out of it the first half completely and you're right clarence seven minutes i mean <clears> then <throat> you mentioned yeah 11 total bench points and not a whole lot in the first half yeah that's and a lot of these guys played a lot, but we just weren't getting a whole lot of production one bit. So into the second half now, which obviously like I said, only down two. You can tell. I mean, I don't think I could tell in pregames at all, you know, there were the certain whatever's the the layup lines and then how they walked down the second half, you really couldn't tell that they were uh, you know, we were sitting next to people and I just remember the, the guy sitting next to you was talking about how this could go and we're like, well, ten point spread, not sure how it could go, we'll see, kind of thing. And then you kinda of had that irky feeling throughout throughout the plays, kind of, but Gary Solomon got them on the board to start the second half, had a two point or four point lead. Then Trent on one of those more designed uh plays got a three at the top of the key again. Swope was getting his easy jumpers that they were that we were letting him have. Then Noah Marcus got going a little bit. I mean, there were stretches here, but um, uh, we mentioned we mentioned Trevor Lakes. He hurt his ankle. When was it? The what point of the game was it? And then he came out, or he, he ran off the. He was in excruciating pain on the floor. Came out of the game, ran off, and then ran back in. Obviously, he couldn't come immediately back in the game, so he subbed back in and made some free throws. Then he came out in the second half, doing some stuff. But I mean, they were no other. I mean, they got this lead up pretty high. they were on a huge run here. There was – here's one. Gary Solomon had a, a dunk on a steal off a uh, off one of our turnovers. Trent had a terrible turnover. I mean, just the absolute worst kind of second half you can imagine. So what are these here? These are – this is 6-0 run before Lance met one of two from the free throw line. We mentioned not very good from the free throw line. As a team, Tyler Henry stopping up more shots. Jelani Simmons, three. No, you mentioned the knee brace he had in the first half. He wasn't doing anything. We had some fans around us that were, like, questioning if – Like, they didn't want Jelani to have the ball or anything. I want to say it was kind of sarcastic. It was kind of weird. But, no, at this point, when he made a three, made an 11-point game, and we had to claw our way back, he was getting – I think it was like second-chance opportunities they were maybe getting uh, or they were just going, and he was just wide open. Tyler Henry got a little excessive with his shooting, but, no, Jelani Simmons can't let him shoot at all, and he was wide open, probably three feet behind the three-point line, but he was just draining them. Like I said, 11-point deficit at that point.
1: Yeah, they were just. I mean, we started turning the ball over. Um, they were. He was getting dunks, like you said. Solomon was getting a dunk. Um, Simmons. They would. They would kick it up on a, on an outlet pass, and he would. He'd. Be, he'd stop, and he would just drain a three. Um, once they got rolling, once the crowd got rolling, um, we tried to fight back, but it was downhill from there.
0: Yeah, and then Tyler Henry made the three. So 14 point lead before the TV timeout. And then and then you mentioned Jelani with the steal. Yeah, he was it was just we weren't getting back. And that's something that Rodney did mention that Brian hates obviously is not being good in transition defense, which we were terrible at in this game. But no, it got up to 14. I mean it got up to, you know, it kept it kept being around 14. Lance was really trying to take over. Trevor Lakes with one of two from the free throw line. And then we tried and we kind of clawed back. It was a 15 point deficit. And then a couple of Marcus jumpers, which we mentioned, which Xavier got some layups. This is whenever it was bad. And, you know, X got to the lane pretty easily. He went one, he went finishing and one. And then Marcus, we were talking, or no, we were talking about Marcus getting these matchups. He should have been doing this from the get go. It takes Marcus forever to get going in games for some reason. And then as soon as he gets it, you know, he backs up a guy in the paint and then has a turnaround jumper. We mentioned the. You know he had he had three possessions here, were scoring off you know some of our possessions. He was matching Isaiah Swope, and, and then Trevor Lakes made a free throw to get. It was that point, Noah, when it was a seven point game, you had to get a stop, and then Trevor Lakes gets his first field goal of the game with that three. Noah he, Marcus had favorable matchups, like I said, and we mentioned how some of the rotation, you can't bring you know guys were coming in at weird times. So, and you were saying it throughout that. If Marcus is going to back up his guy, whether he's going to score or look to pass, you got to have shooters out there. And there were a lot of points in this game where it was X and Jawan at the three three point line. Foster was coming in a weird Spurs trend as well that you couldn't really get going. So like Marcus had to force it, and obviously at that point we had to have it happen. But too many slow starts for Marcus. He's got to kick that in the gear. He can have twenty five points in a game. I don't know why he's he starts slow. Take us through or your opinion on that, and then take us out through the rest of the half
1: yeah really i mean i said a lot i mean there wasn't a guy on that floor that could stop marcus he could have scored it he could have scored whenever he wanted um just sucks that i mean i know he's an unselfish player and loves to pass the ball to his teammates but when they're not knocking i mean he he was finding them and they weren't knocking down open shots. so at some point um he's got to know he's got to put us on his back again and um carry um, us if we want to – and some games, if we want to win some games this year. Um, but, yeah, it was just – I mean, the rest of the game, it was the jelani shivan show, three-pointer there. Um, he got another steal and a dunk. Uh, Solomon got to the line. Swope got to the line. Uh, we did a lot of in-and-out offense, defense stuff. Um, a lot of guys, I think – I mean, guys like Foster coming to in and out and Trent – um, Trent plays more than Foster, but Foster, um, as a, as a shooter, I would think it would be hard to get in the flow of a game coming in and out, but he's our best shooter. He had an off night, but really, like I said, it was the, it was steals and free throws the rest of the way for them. They ended up winning 71, 53, um, just a really disappointing outcome. Um, really thought we could go on, obviously, didn't think it would be a pushover because we knew it was their first home game, but um, just another rough shooting night. I mean, one of 17 from three in the second half for us for 5.8%. That is awful. It's got to change. Five of 29, we gotta we got to fix something in this offense. You can't just live and die by the three every night. Uh, I mean, Marcus, 0 of 7 from three. Um, Lance, one of five. And other guys, just 5 of 29 just can't happen. we got to find ways. And obviously, with two big men out, Clarence not playing much. You're not going to get a lot inside unless it's Marcus or Lance and Xavier getting to the rim because um, Dalton can get the rim. I think Jawan can. But Foster, Foster and Trent are spot-up shooters. They're not going to get to the rim. Um, Troy barely played in the second half, it felt like. Um, we played small a lot, um just unfortunate we just gotta find we gotta find some better actions on offense um, I'm not saying you have to run a set every time down the floor, but um you gotta start if i mean we started posting Marcus up during that late stretch, trying to claw our way back into it um, when we took our shooters out and our shooters were on the bench, and there was a bunch of guys that I would let shoot all day long because they're not going to make. Um, I mean, not going to make the open shot. So um, it was Marcus going to the rim down the stretch, and if he couldn't score, I mean, he got knocked down at one point. I'd be taken out. Looked like his maybe his back. I'm not sure. He was just he ended up only played 34 minutes because he got knocked, got pushed in the back once. There was a no call. Um, the rest were pretty poor at sometimes, but. Um, the shooting has to get better. Obviously, we shot poorly at Oklahoma State, got away with it, was able to find a way to win that game. But um, you weren't winning that one Sunday um, shooting like that.
0: No, 17% from three. They were on a 22-8 to run at the start of that second half. You mentioned Marcus getting hurt. Looked like he was grabbing his ankle when he was sitting over there. And, you know, early in the game, he was out for his one breather, and we know it's usually – that was the case against Oklahoma State. He's out for one minute and then comes back in and plays the amount that he did. Uh, but you're right. I mean, there were points when he was shooting threes and we had a lot of open shots again. just like, you know, Oklahoma State weren't taking advantage of. And the passing was still good in this game. They were finding open guys, not making a Marcus Easley could have got his own rebound on a three, didn't. That sparked a fast break for them, or at least to go down and when they scored. And stuff like that, the effort just wasn't there. I think t- these teams in recent – years have fall victim to going through the motions to where you mentioned how live and dying from the three and not having a post presence unless it's Marcus that uh I think, and we mentioned how cash last year, he wasn't aggressive. Didn't want to get his own shot. Steven wasn't aggressive. We were hoping that was going to change. And so far really hasn't been, I don't know what USI did defensively. They didn't do anything. Why? You know, one of the things was we, we thought this atmosphere kind of got to the guys a little bit. They weren't, it got loud at times and stuff, and they were going on their momentum swings, and we were kind of just crapping the bed. Like I said, Lance was the only one that was wanting to get to the rim, and then when Marcus got going in the second half, and then X did a little bit, but throughout you just didn't have like Troy was beating Musa Cisse, and you mentioned not really playing a whole lot in the second half either. Kind of the whole big thing, but we know he's versatile. He was beating Musa baseline off and getting the am ones against Oklahoma State, and in this game they don't even try or attempt to. I think they played, and we talked about Rodney saying the preparedness. They played like they really weren't prepared, really. Or they went in just, uh, you know, whether that's the excuse you use or not, they played like it. And uh, I don't I don't even know what to say about the kind of game you can have after the kind of game that you did. I, mean, I think there's no excuses. You just got out-efforted. But they played like they definitely weren't prepared for this one. So Marcus led us in scoring 16 on 17 shots. Did lead us with seven rebounds as well. Yeah, I mean – I mean, X had probably the cleanest box score, even though you mentioned the three that he had, and he looked bad at times as well. Only had one turnover. Three steals, one block, 29 minutes, 10 points, and then perfect from the free throw line. That's a good positive. If X can can penetrate and get fouled, we can count on him to make his free throws, we think. He's got the kind of shot that can help you more from the free throw line than from three, probably. Uh, We mentioned, yeah, Lance, 13 on 14. Lance didn't look good. He looked really good in Oklahoma State and then didn't look so good here. Um, and then, yeah, Dalton couldn't get going. I mean, there's really nobody else to really talk about Foster. And Jawan, you mentioned Foster coming in in weird moments. They shot a combined two of ten from the field. Jawan played. Jawan seems like he's definitely lost a step. And, you know, he wasn't really offensively aggressive at all at times in this. So, Noah, or in terms of – I'm going to look at some more team stats here. Fast break points. They had 19 fast break points, 15 points of our turnovers. They had more points in the paint than we did. They were – I mean, it was just – a lot of stuff stuck out. We already posted. People can know about it. It was a terrible game. Uh, And the takeaways from this game, though, was they did play scared. They let the atmosphere get to them. No offensive rhythm once again. A lot of waiting until the end of the shot clock. Bad, Bad transition defense. They give up a turnover, and they barely run back. Or even if they did, the guys are too fast to go down and dunk it. Terrible at doing that. Rotation still looks murky. And we mentioned Marcus taking too long to take over and then injured ankle, which we don't think – we don't know how – which it, you said maybe it was his back. I saw him grabbing his ankle, whether that's what it was or not. He came in immediately after that. So we'll we'll look to see how that factors into tomorrow. I doubt it. But, no. the biggest takeaway of this, maybe is the rotation still being murky. Your thoughts on that quickly before we move on here.
1: Yeah, just really weird on how we're going to – obviously, without actual two actual bigs, to rotate like we did in that Little Rock game um, after starting Troy in that one. Um, it's just weird having to get guys in flows. Like I said, with guys like Foster, um, a shooter, uh, I mean, bringing them in for two-minute stretches, it's hard to find a guy, I find it hard to believe. With playing guys throughout my playing career that are shooters, it's hard to get in the flow of a game if you're just coming in and out like that. He ended up one of five over short over four shooting, um. Just another then another one that did not mention, did not see a lot. A J Ferguson only playing six minutes is a little weird to me. Felt like I know he got picked up two fouls in those six minutes, but I felt like this is a guy that he could come in and match up with some of those guys as well. But um, he did not get a shot off in this one. You know, we know he nailed a big three before the half down there at Oklahoma State. Um, did not see him a lot, but. Rotation. I know it's still mixing around some guys, seeing what you like. Um, but yeah, just really, really disappointing loss here. Um, I wouldn't think, obviously, Brian said in the post game that he put the guys in a bad spot, too quick, kind of said it was too quick of a turnaround. Um, just seeing like these guys weren't too prepared, which I agree with Rodney. I just don't think that's true. I think these guys were prepared, maybe just. I'd hate to say they overlooked a team like this, um, but it obviously playing off the crowd, coming in first home D one game, seeing what we did um Thursday night probably amped it up even more. So they were ready to play. I guess we just weren't. Um poor shooting night. Just gotta we gotta figure it out, but I just hate losing the type of games. I I mean at this at this moment, um fourth year of Brian's staff I just hate to lose you shouldn't be losing games at OVC schools at this point I know people use the excuse it's sports because if you watch you see early game seasons already across college basketball Um, teams are getting upset left and right Um, but just where I want this program to be and where it should be and where Brian wants to take this program you can't be losing games like this to OVC schools
0: and definitely not by eighteen points. I mean, there's a difference between when you cut it to seven, get the one stop to then get yourself back in the game, which is what we stormed back in Oklahoma State game. It's like, but that that's what makes it show is that it kind of is. And Ronnie was the one thing that did say it was sports, and it's all about matchups. Like you come in here and you feel like you don't match up well, and you give into the environment because it. Uh, they flew from Stillwater back, so then that was what well, Thursday. So they got back on Friday. They had Friday and Saturday, and they make a measly, what hour and fifteen minute drive to Evansville. I, I, like we said, this is kind of the day gap between what you would have games in general. It's not, it's not the same as playing at home. But I don't think that's. I just, I, that's a sorry ass excuse to be honest. I mean, these guys should be able to be ready to play and no matter what time. I know it's early in the season. You mentioned some of the, some of the. Uh, upsets that have happened so far and yeah and some teams are getting upset either don't have all their guys or something but it definitely happens and i think they came up playing like they had nothing to lose and you're right i think it amped it up from what we did on thursday that it kind of just but if we need to be if we are the team we want to be this obviously cannot happen one bit so uh and we mentioned how usi is going to be a team to watch there you know they don't have a they're not eligible for postseason play it just uh Interested because we know they put up 91 against Mizzou. We talked about, well, Mizzou, Mizzou just uh, – it was the first game of the year. They're just a bad defensive team. But we know USI can put up put up points and give teams fits. You know, they play Notre Dame tonight at 7, or 15-point underdogs. We'll talk about – or we'll keep up with that to see how they do in that game. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, you mentioned overall you can't drop – if you want to – the team you want to be, you cannot lose games like this. That's all you can say. You can't come off a huge win and do this. Because it won't look good later on, potentially, depending upon how the rest of your season goes. So with that being said, in terms of we'll always update Kempom every episode we have, and it's ever-changing all the time. If you could look that up and see what we are at the moment right now, and even if you scroll, if you give ours and then maybe scroll to see what USI's is, we know what team we'll be playing coming up. Had a big win the other night. What is ours as we stand
1: right now? Yeah, we have fallen from 77 or 78, I think, the last time. We did the preview. We have fallen all the way to 91, so not right back where we were to start the season. I think we were at 90 to start the season. Um, So that gets you not where you want to be. Obviously, um, if you win that game Sunday, you're probably crawling up into the lower 60s and looking pretty good. Um, But Tennessee State, um, looking at where they are at um, out of the OVC, if you're looking at it here, um, if I can find them, if I... would be quite a scroll, I'm sure, to try to find. Southern Indiana is at 202, just to tell you where they were at. Um, so if I keep scrolling here, probably probably in the lower tier of the OVC. Um, they're at 272, and they're 3-0, and so that just tells you what kind of teams they've played um, at 272, so... I'm not gonna get much out of a win tomorrow night, but you gotta win tomorrow night because i mean i've I've said it on football a thousand times, and I'd hate to start saying it on basketball um to get this pro- these programs over the hump you gotta start stop losing these games you shouldn't um obviously people can say thats sports a thousand times, but it's no excuse to me um where where I think this show program should be. Where the staff thinks it should be, we shouldn't be able to drop these games.
0: Yeah, I think it's, you know, if you if, if it happens, it needs to happen at the start of the season when teams are still trying to figure out a lot of all of this kind of thing. We mentioned it happens around the country and stuff. But yeah, it, you know, if you want to be a team with a really high Kim Palm and a team that's going to put yourself in good position to play high-level postseason ball, then you definitely can't drop these. and we know teams can upset teams. I mean, it, like I said, if it happens now compared to happening, happening at the, you know, latter part of the season, when you think you've got it all figured out with your team and then you see it in the NCAA tournament or anything with upsets. I mean, it definitely can happen, but definitely should not happen. It's it just the fact that if you lose a close game in this one, it still looks awful, but you don't lose by 18. And that's when it's going to look bad on us at this game is losing by that much to a team like this. So definitely you need, need to, Throw this one out the window. We like our matchups against teams coming up. We'll get to Tennessee state at the very end. You no, know, we, we mentioned the Rodney Watson interview. We touched on a couple of things. We don't have to go through a whole lot of it. He was, he was on there using certain analogies for things like that, of that, uh, you know, kind of the excuse of prepared. And you mentioned how, yeah, he was following SIU where he was following these guys in their, in their preparation for this game and Oklahoma state game. He knows how prepared these guys are and he knew it coming into this. So, how can they use the not prepared ex- – like we said, Brian was like kind of somber after the game, kind of upset, obviously, as he should. Uh, but, no, I mean, again, like that's the biggest takeaway. And he didn't buy that. We obviously don't buy that. Uh, um, you know, it's just an excuse when you lose. It's just to say, that, you know, the other team played well. Because Ronnie said it that's like, well, if you overlooked or, you know, kind of give that excuse against USI, you can kind of use the same excuse as us. Or Oklahoma State kind of thing. What else stuck out to you that he said?
1: Yeah, it's just the whole thing where, obviously, he follows them around, um, and sees it. I just hate the analogies he used. He uses he used the whole golf using using that kind of analogy.
0: The total individual sport.
1: Yeah, golf. yeah. I just golf is a sport where th- things like this happen. You can say that's just golf. Like the obviously, you can see some guys shoot at the top of the leaderboard every weekend, but they're not going to win it every weekend. You don't see the Tiger Woods kind of dominance anymore in that sport. So it's just hard to use that kind of analogy for something like this. Um, You go from a Thursday night going down to beat a big 12 school to come around. I just hated that analogy. Um, Then I agree with them. Just the whole not prepared prepared. I don't believe that because there's no way, As good of a scouting job this staff does, I just don't believe for a single second that this team didn't know what what they were going in to do, and I just really think they did come out flat, I guess, and just had, I guess you can say an off-shooting night, but they didn't shoot well down at Oklahoma State either. They just hit a couple more um, to be able to come through in that one.
0: Right. Oklahoma. we mentioned Oklahoma state kind of screwed the pooch in that game as well. So that's just kind of how these games can play out, which is insane. Um, but yeah, thinking about you're right. And they just played scared. I mean, you can't go in there. You have no offensive rhythm. You just play scared. So kind of moving past this one, well, I mean, Rodney just mentioned how the rest of that just saying how we you know, we're a good team. We expect to hopefully, you know, hopefully bounce back as time goes on. So I hoping that can be the case. Um, now no, let's jump into around the valley stuff. We know we haven't talked since oh gosh, when we last talked Friday last Friday, so it's been 5 days. So obviously there were games on Sunday, Monday and yesterday and then some going on tonight. Let's dive in all those that have
1: happened. Yeah, well there's been some good nights for the valley. There's been some bad nights obviously. We talked Friday and told you we I think it was in the middle of some of those games when we talked. Um, Belmont went on the road to Furman, dropped that one, 89-74. Um, so a tough loss on the road there. U and I goes on the road and loses to Richmond in the A10 school. Um, I think think uh, the Valley is still winless against the A10 this year. Um, UIC hosted Loyola, gave Loyola everything they wanted. Really good out. I liked what I saw from UIC in that one. Um, but just fell short, 70-63 to in that. Then Bradley went out to Utah State and uh, got their butts whipped, 84-62. Utah State is a really good program in the tournament every year. Saturday, um, Indiana State hosted Ball State. They get a good victory there, 83-71 over a decent MAC program. Cooper Neese led the way with 17. Um, McCauley was really good in that one. Uh, Murray State hosted a non-Division 1 Lindsey Wilson, 90-53 to win there. Uh, Evansville goes on the road to SLU. Um They fought hard in this one, like I said, on Friday night. The lock of the weekend was Evansville plus 24, and they barely held on to that. Um, J- Jimerson and Pickett were just too much for them. Uh, Toomey led the way for the 8 Purple Aces with 14, uh, but I like what I saw. I liked how they battled at Evansville, so um, they're not just gonna be a pushover this year. Um, then Illinois State goes down to Louisiana and gets a big win over Northwestern State, sixty nine, sixty seven, which even looks better now. Um, Northwestern State went on the road and beat TCU, but TCU didn't have their best players, but still a big win for Northwestern State. We know a lot of players that left Missouri State and went down there. So Illinois State, Kendall Lewis, he was the Valley player of the week, I think. Um, leading the way. He's at 24, he's going to be a matchup problem for us this year. Also on Sunday, Valpo hosted Western Michigan. Valpo gets an 81-65 win. Uh, ben Crick, he led the way with 28 points. Um, he is going – him and Kobe King at um, – Kobe King had 26 also on that one. So those two are going to be just like Lance and Marcus probably most nights. If they don't have a really good outcome – um, that team probably won't be winning the game. I think they could finish slower than where they were picked in the Valley. On Monday, um, former Saluki Kyler Fulwich and Wofford took the trip to Drake. Drake gets an 80-72 to 72 win. Um, they had all their guys back. Uh, Roman Penn came back in that one, came off the bench a little bit. So big win over a really good Wofford program. UIC gets a win over Jackson State, 67-60. Belmont drops a rival rivalry game to Lipscomb, 77-75. Um, the then I game was postponed with Virginia, um, probably going to be canceled there um, with the tragedy that happened around that university. Um, then last night, Bradley took really care of business. Um, Eastern Michigan, Imani Bates, um, and that squad coming off of big win or a big big test against Michigan looked really good in that one um Malevy Leons Pop Weather's took care of business in that one 89-61 I think of Bates the former number 1 recruit only had 1 point at halftime, ended up with 20 um got some gar- garbage minute points but um Valley's looked average so far not where we want to be as a as a conference we need to be better Um, Then coming up this week, or coming up tonight, Valpo at Chicago State. SEMO at Evansville. That would be one to tune into. Missouri State goes on the road to a really tough BYU program. Then tomorrow night um, in the Myrtle Beach Invitational, Murray State um, plays Texas A&M, so that should be interesting. North Dakota State plays Indiana State. Then Northwestern State goes to the Illinois State, so they have a um, home-and-home. Right there. Then on Friday, we'll talk to you guys Friday. Um, so we'll keep you updated what happened um, tonight and tomorrow night. So um, really interested to see what Seaman and Evans will do tonight since we played both of them here in less than a month.
0: Yeah, it'll be a good game. Just flashing back to you mentioning their game at Sulu, had a feeling that they were going to play it close to the times you mentioned. They had a lead at halftime. And then Obviously, seeing what it came out. We knew that game was going to be whatever, just some other games. Belmont's one and two. I mean, they, they're losing the teams that – I mean, you Furman and Lipscomb, those are – you know, reason you – we know Furman is a good program. And Lipscomb has at times. They shouldn't be dropping those games, though, if they obviously want to be deemed a team to come in. And not. that's not saying it's conference season doesn't roll around, that they can't obviously come in and compete still. But those are games they can't drop. And you mentioned how, how the Valley looks in that regard. You can't lose those kinds of games. Um. yeah, you mentioned the – I mean, you and I would have had a great opportunity there against Virginia, who's ranked 16th in the country. They don't – they weren't going to win, but an opportunity nonetheless. So, I guess it would have uh, – you know, I guess it's a positive in terms of not playing it and how it could have looked. But, you're right, definitely a lot of tragedy going around with that football team and that program, so reasonably so. Um, And then, yeah, you mentioned – because, yeah, you, Eastern Michigan playing Michigan the way that they did, Bradley beating them by – 27, 28 points in Peoria. I mean, that's insane going through that box score. I mean, they got Tavanan and Jay Sean still off the bench all year. They had a combined 26 and then Malavi went off for them. So they're going to get in a groove here. You mentioned getting blown up by Utah State. That's kind of just a game by game thing. You can look awful, then look great. That's what they did in this game against a good team. That once they get ringed back, they're going to be incredible. And you mentioned the games tonight. You're definitely following Semo and Evansville. That's fun. Evansville is a two point favorite at home, which is kind of crazy. You know they've been playing well. Semo is a good team, though. Then, yeah, Missouri State's a ten point underdog at BYU. So definitely some good games. Looking forward to talking about those on Friday. Yeah, with our game, Murray State getting slew, and then A and M. That's kind of tough to start the year. Northwestern State has been on a grind, playing valley teams, and then playing big schools. So they're just they're traveling everywhere. So. Good stuff on that again. So now no, with that being said, let's dive into this potential bounce-back game that we're hoping to have tomorrow night at Bantara Center, 7 o'clock tip-off. This was the opening game of the SoCal Challenge. We know that's happening around. Some teams are, for a lot of these tournaments, getting to host whoever part of that tournament and then obviously going there and playing other schools. We mentioned, you know, we talked about Tennessee State before and how, you know, they're a talented team. We kind of tried to watch them the other night in their game. Uh, they haven't played good teams so far, as we've said. This is the 22nd meeting between the two. We own a 14-7 advantage in the series. We last, haven't played them since 2014, Noah, and that was a flashback to what they posted today. Anthony Bean, 32-point performance, uh, and we're 9-1 and all-time against him in Carbondale, Noah. That's what we mentioned earlier. It would be nice to have an Anthony Bean on this team to just throw up 30. He was an amazing player. It's been eight years. That's kind of crazy. Let's dive into them, and obviously – what they have to offer because they were picked pretty high in the OVC this year. Uh, they're not going to be obviously any slouch and you need to come in zoned in for them all night.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a team that's three and O, like you said, played a non D one and they beat South Carolina state and Monday night watched a little bit of them beating Alabama A&M. Um, I really, I think this program's up and coming. Um, I really like what Penny Collins has done down there. Um, a guy that spent time with Dan Miller's staff at Illinois State for a year. Um, spent a couple of years down at ETSU um when they were in the tournament really good. Um they do have a, a former Saluki on staff and Joshua Bone, a guy that spent some time here, then went then he transferred to Tennessee um to finish his career. So he will get a shout out hopefully tomorrow night. Um But this team, this is like a lot of other OVC schools, kind of compared um, to um, like Little Rock and other SEMO, like really athletic teams. It's a team that was picked second in the OVC, um, like Nick mentioned, pretty high up there. Um, But there's some matchups here Junior Clay, this guy's averaging 21 points on the season. This is a guy as a guard that. You're gonna to have to have a matchup problem. I think we are kinda of in on him in the portal. Not really, though. Um, transfer from Tennessee Tech to Tennessee State. Six up guard, so X is gonna get the gonna get the draw. He's averaging twenty twenty one point seven points a game, three rebounds and three assists, shooting fifty eight percent from the field. He's a guy to watch out for. Uh Marcus Fitzgerald's another guard coming out of the Nashville area. Um pretty Pretty good at six two. That'll be probably Lance's matchup. Um, some other guys: um, Adong McCoy, a, a name Saluki fans might know if you follow recruiting. Um, we were in on him a couple years ago out of a JUCO. Um, Zion Griffin, you might know as well at Iowa State. Um, we were in on him before he transferred to Oakland for a couple years. Um, really, some guys really watch out for. Junior Clay is a guy, I think if you take him away, um, you will win this game pretty easily. But Fitzgerald averaging 15 a game. Zion, 11. Uh, Dong's giving him 8. So, Dedrick Boyd is on this team, didn't play the other night. Um, so, this is a guy maybe to watch out for. We know um, he's the one that robbed Lance Jones of an um, all-freshman team their freshman year so. Interesting matchup, but like I said, I think if we can take away um, Junior Clay, they they're, they're going to struggle in this one. Yeah,
0: I think you know over time, if they if they run their offense solely through one guy, if you do stop him, that can be the case. And I mentioned they were picked second for a reason. I think there's not a whole lot of sample sizes to go off of when they played the teams that they did. They 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 beat that Fisk team by only ten they beat they then they won by 19 and then they only won by 11 over Alabama and AM so this is obviously their biggest test and then their next game isn't a test either in the socal challenge against their matchup and then they get then they're at slew after that so like i said we are we are their biggest test i would say uh, you mentioned and <clears throat> it's been the case it's going to be the case all year <clears throat> we'll definitely be playing guys that we've been in on you mentioned adong we kind of wanted him at the time there were a lot of bigs we wanted We know he was at uh, Northern Illinois for a little bit um, for two seasons, and now he's here. We can expect these guys that we were in on to have – I because I was picturing, uh, oh, boy, on USI that we were in on that he would all of a sudden just play really good against the team that was recruiting him. I can just see that happening at times. And you mentioned Zion Griffin. Yeah, I mean, that's just going to be the case throughout. And we mentioned Dedrick Boyd from Illinois State. So, yeah. Some decent players obviously. Like it's not a great sample size against the teams that they've played. That's why we gotta, you know, keep them to the level that they've been playing at honestly and play this kind of way. And, you know, you mentioned, yeah, I hope Josh Bone does get uh acknowledged. Almost every good former player that's anywhere on a staff gets acknowledged, hoping that is the case. But they are scoring eighty four points in these games and they're getting six steals a game in these in this stretch here and they're rebounding decently well and they're shooting near fifty percent. So I think it's a team, like I said, you can't overlook. I don't expect it to. The 84% ma- matchup predictor. Noah, dogs are the get your dog of the game. And then we were trying to narrow down a potential spread again. We mentioned it was 10 against USI at home against the team that's low in the Ken Palm. Granted, where we are now after falling, that's how kind of how they figure all that stuff out. What we're we'll thinking, probably 10 to 15 at home, maybe more than your dog of the game.
1: Yeah, I, I would say um, I think Ken Palm. Had us winning this game by fifteen, they usually have that run where Vegas would have it, so I think fifteen's a good number at home, but yeah, I think, um especially what happens Sunday, this team will be ready. I don't think there's any overlooking um even if they somehow overlooked Sunday, but yeah, dog of the game um i think I think this is a good one, but i I said it for last game, and I'm gonna stick with them. I think Xavier. Obviously, if he can give you what he gave you, ten points on Sunday, be able to get to the rim. But um, his matchup with Junior Clay's really the main way. If he can take away, limit him. Um, obviously, it's kind of like DJ Smith and Little Rock. He got his in the second half. If we have a big enough lead, um, you can allow Junior Clay to basically get it, get his. But but at this time in the, I think X seems to limit him as much as we can
0: agreed i'll go with clarence because if a dong plays in this game and they're kind of versatile you need more versatility hopefully he doesn't get in foul trouble gotta expect the other guys we didn't choose to become that yeah x had a good good stat line the last game but it kind of came in garbage time whenever he wasn't aggressive at the start and the get-go kind of been up and down for a lot of our guys so far this year seven o'clock game espn plus uh some some students shooting a half court shot for maybe 500 bucks should have a nice crowd again it is cold outside you never know uh and obviously, after losses like that, people shouldn't turn away. They should be able to make it, make it to this game. No final
1: thoughts. Yeah, really think. I mean, a good crowd. Um, still after that win last Thursday, should be a pretty good crowd. Um, Monday night game against Little Rock It was a Monday night game, so that's kind of weird. But to get people out, but yeah, hopefully the students come out and really support them. We know we had two over two thousand there last time. Um. hopefully one of them can win 500 I think this is really need to get right fine get right on the right back track get right back on the track where we need to be to win on um, get going for this tournament next week Um. so it's gonna be a good one hope to see everybody there
0: I'm looking I mean because just I hope we have a good crowd because we don't have another our next home game is against Indiana State in that second conference game on December 7th so we're on the road for a little bit, plus that trip to California, which we will preview that for you guys. All three teams on Friday, obviously, and that takes place you know, Sunday and, or Monday and Wednesday. And obviously after that, we'll get to a recap of it all, kind of like how we did with the Paradise Jam last year. So keep an eye out for that. Hopefully we can get this dub tomorrow. ESPN Plus, if you can't make it, hopefully everybody does. So for Nick Malone. No alerts. As always, until next time, go dogs.